Coming up on Studios America, Steve Dace is here to share a million facts you've probably never heard before, as is his way. Jim Jordan's speaker quest comes to an end, or does it? Plus, we'll embarrass the pants off the mainstream media as we look at their latest Israel bungling. Don't miss it. It's all going to start here in just a minute. But first, let me tell you about Bet DSI. Uh, tonight, Jaguars, Saints going at battle. Which side do you want? I mean, look, the Jags have been really tough to figure out this year. And honestly, the Saints defense is really strong. I don't know that I'd go either side on winners and losers. I think I'd go the under on this one, probably. Uh, but hey, the NFL is back and you can make extra money with Bet DSI. Right now, you can get a 120% bonus match on your first deposit. That's more than doubling your money. You just got to use the promo code STU120. You can bet with me on the NFL or the NBA or MMA, even politics. Yes, you can play, you can win, you can get paid. In fact, the NBA starts up in just a few days. My favorite is the season-long over-unders. I love that. That's just fun because you bet, bet once and it lasts the whole season. It's a blast. If you want the opportunity to win big, go to betdsi.com. Use the promo code STU120. Get your free cash. You can even bet on the 2024 elections there. BetDSI has been an a leader in the industry for over a decade. Happy to have them on the show. It's betdsi.com. The promo code is STU120. Code again, STU120 at betdsi.com. Please remember to bet responsibly. STU does America. BlazeTV.com slash Stu. The promo code is Stu. Uh, welcome to the program. You know, we could talk about the mainstream media and all the stuff that they're doing, and we could get all mad at the way they're approaching things and the stories that they're telling. But it's not really the media narr narrative we're talking about here. This is the Hamas narrative. They are just embracing the Hamas narrative in the United States, all around the world to target Israel, and it's really, really shocking to see. Probably the most, I mean, look, the most comical person doing it right now is Rashida Tlaib. Uh, she has uh, ignored the U.S. intelligence about the Gaza hospital, which shows that the, quite clearly, that this was not an Israeli attack. And she's siding with Hamas over even the Biden administration. Uh, let's hear Rashida explain her case. And to my president, to our president, yes, he's still, our, well, Hold on. I know, I, hey, I want him to know, as a Palestinian American, is also somebody of Muslim faith, I'm not going to forget this. And I think a lot of people are not going to forget this. And it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not a threat. It isn't. They, they think we're joking. I mean, I think the White House and everyone thinks that we're just going to sit back and let this just continue to happen. No. The fact of the matter is, oh our gosh, lives are not safe people. with you or the Forever Peach president. I'm talking to people that literally are like me. They literally, literally believed in this party that was supposed to be inclusive of all of our opinions and our and our views and our political stance and, and all of these things. But what is got, starting to get really, really, really clear and very loud is that somehow... Many of us in this room, because of our political opinions, because maybe our faith is a certain faith, maybe because our ethnicity is a certain ethnicity. Of course, it's always racism. Of course it is. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, we're mad at Hamas over racism because we don't like the color of the skin of the people in Hamas. I, what are we even talking about here? By the way, good, uh, legitimate credit to the people in the audience there that were able to withstand the sound of her voice for that long. I, I, I don't know how they did it. I mean, we just played a one minute clip and I wanted to die. 
Uh, so congratulations to them. Let me give you a little bit more, though, just because there's still a few of you who are still hanging out uh, watching the show. I want to get rid of all of you so I can just go home for the night and uh, watch the football game. But here we go. Here's Rashida Tlaib again with an incredible performance. Continue to watch people think it's okay to bomb a hospital. Oh, yeah. That's what they did. We're children. You know what's so hard sometimes is watching those videos and, oh, and the turn, people telling the kids the water to cry mm-hmm. and like let them cry. Oh, there we go. Mm-hmm. And they're shaking and somebody, you know this, they keep telling oh, them not to wow. cry in Arabic. They, do, oh, they can cry, that, oh, I can that. cry, we all can cry. If we're not crying, something is wrong. And so I'm telling you right now, President Biden, not all America's with you on this one. And you need to wake up and understand that. Wow, what a performance. Congratulations. Wow, she really felt that one. Really, really passionate. Uh, in fact, it's won her a nomination for Best Actress. Congratulations to Rashida Tlaib. Fake crying on stage. I mean, this is just pathetic, isn't it? I mean, she's at least being critical of Joe Biden, which normally we'd cheer her on for. But in this particular case, Biden is actually the sane one. Think about that for a second. Biden can't even think for himself. And yet he's still somehow figuring this out. Um, Now, of course, as you saw, a very dangerous thing we saw from Rashida Tlaib. She said things like, we're not going to let you forget it. You think we're just going to stand here while you let this happen over and over again? We're not. We're going to do something about it. Obviously, inciting people to immediately enter into the government buildings. Here is the Cannon office on Capitol Hill. Look what happened. Oh, my gosh. The same sign that you saw behind Rashida Tlaib inside the Cannon uh, office at the Capitol. Uh, this is incredible. And, um, you yeah, know, I mean, you might say to yourself, wow, they went in there. And I, I mean, is that an insurrection? Would you call it? Probably not, because they're not necessarily uh, interrupting uh, government proceedings. That was a big part of the charges against the people who went to prison for uh, going inside of these buildings. And at least we know that didn't happen, right? Wait a minute. Oh, no, wait. That's the Senate Foreign Relations Committee hearing. And they're interrupting the government proceeding. Oh, no. Wow. It's almost like there's not even one little bit of consistency uh, on these in these arguments. I mean, people go to prison for decades for doing stuff like that. That's what I thought. That's what I thought went on. But no, no, these people are going to be totally fine. They'll be released with absolutely nothing. Now, it's important to understand the context of this moment, because there was this initial report. People came out and they said, hey, the hospital bombing must have been Israel, right? Because Israel constantly targets hospitals, question mark. Not really, but okay, let's go with that. And hundreds of people are dead. So obviously this hospital has collapsed to the ground and everyone inside is gone. And then we wake up in the morning and we see the video of the the rockets flying over the hospital. One of them clearly bursting in, in midair somehow and shooting down, hitting the hospital. We see it from multiple different angles. Then we then see the footage of 
the actual hospital, which has not collapsed. Uh, this hit the parking lot of the hospital. There's some cars burned out. Now, there may have been some people who were camping out outside of the hospital. Why would they do that if Israel was so mean and they were always targeting hospitals? I don't know. For some reason, they didn't think Israel would target hospitals, which, of course, they didn't. But there may have been some people who were hit by this uh, rocket from Islamic Jihad. And we don't know that number yet, but it was a fascinating to watch people go down this road without any thought whatsoever, including uh, Walter Cronkite award winner Ben Collins. Yes, Ben Collins. He sees the headline Israel Hamas war. At least 500 people killed at hospital bombing in Gaza. Palestinian officials claim interesting last part of that sentence there. Palestinian officials claim. But Ben Collins just couldn't even bring himself to give his full opinion. He just had to say, a hospital. That's how I believe he said it like that as he was typing it. It's hard to sometimes pick that stuff up on X. Now, who is Ben Collins? Anyway, you probably don't even know who he is, but he's one of the preeminent uh, uh, reporters in Washington for NBC News covering uh, disinformation, extremism, and the Internet for NBC News. First of all, if that's your job description, get a job. What do you mean you're covering the internet? That's not a job. Covering the internet is not a job. That sounds like someone who watches five hours of Pornhub a day, how they describe themselves. That's what it sounds like to me. I'm covering the internet, mom. Don't come down here. The bottom line is that's not even a job. Secondarily, I don't know. A lot of people are saying he, he, this was disinformation. He was embracing it and spreading it. The exact opposite of what he's supposed to be doing, but if he is a disinformation reporter, perhaps it's an accurate title. He's just going to report on things using disinformation. Maybe we got the title wrong. We can go back and look at that maybe later on. Drew, Drew Holden decided to take everybody to account, and you never want to see you never want to see one of your articles in a Drew Holden thread. You just don't want this to happen to you. I mean, I feel I feel bad for all these people because they're so terrible at their job, and now they actually have to have repercussions for their terrible jobs. But. Thank God Drew Holden is there to do this. Here's his thread. A deadly blast hit Gaza yesterday. Hamas blamed Israel. The media rushed to parrot their claims. Evidence suggests they were lies. This is him writing for the Free Beacon. Here are the outlets who carried water for a terrorist group to smear Israel. I'm going to give you a bunch of these examples. He's got even more of them. But let me just give you a few of them here as we go through this. Reuters. Breaking, an Israeli airstrike killed hundreds of Palestinians at a Gaza City hospital crammed with patients and displaced people. Remember, it wasn't an Israeli uh, airstrike and the, no one in the hospital that we know of died at all. If anyone died and there were seemingly some casualties, they were outside. They were camping outside the hospital. Um, uh, health authorities in the besieged enclave said again. That's an interesting disclaimer, and you'll hear it over and over again from the AP breaking the Gaza Health Ministry says the Gaza Health Ministry says, is there any reason to parrot a claim like that? These are people who are under threat of death from Hamas. The Gaza Health Ministry says at least 500 people killed in an explosion at a hospital that it says was caused by an Israeli airstrike. The New York Times, the paper of record. Breaking news, an Israeli airstrike hit a Gaza hospital on Tuesday. Did it? Killing at least 200 Palestinians. Did it? According to 
the Palestinian Health Ministry, which said the number of casualties was expected to rise. Here is the New York Times. Their headline is at least 500 dead in Gaza attack as Biden prepares to visit Israel. Israeli strike kills hundreds in hospitals. Palestinians say Palestinians said it. Here's uh, I mean, and of course, as this news was coming out, the New York Times at least is trying to cover its tracks. I don't know whether to give them credit for that. Uh, or to give Rashida Tlaib credit for just sticking to the lie the whole time. I mean, there's some balls to do that, some big ones. Uh, the New York Times is trying to hide their mistakes from you, or at least keep them under the radar. The first example of this is Israeli strike kills hundreds in hospital, Palestinians say. Then it turned to at least 500 dead in strike on Gaza hospital. So now it was not necessarily an Israeli strike. It was just a strike on the hospital. And then it was at least 500 dead in blast as Gaza at Gaza hospital. Why? Why wouldn't you say where the blast came from? Because people would say, oh, my gosh, well, it had to have come from Israel. At the beginning, they said it explicitly. Then they said it was just a strike. Then they said it was a blast. I mean, it didn't seem that fun, didn't seem like a blast. And it certainly didn't come from Israel, as every piece of evidence that we have shows. I mean, again, these there's like a little tiny like crater in the ground that's like, you couldn't even hide, uh, you know, a, a kitten in. It's just a little scrape of the ground. The area around it is burned out. It seems like there was a fire there. Some of these uh, cars were caught in the fire. The initial blast seemed to turn over at least one car. But the crater in the ground is not the crater that an Israeli weapon makes. These are these are serious munitions. Um, Washington Post says video of what Palestinian authorities say was an Israeli strike in Gaza shows the moment an explosion hits the hospital grounds. The video verified by the Washington Post captures the first sound of an explosion and then a blast. But again, we're just listening to Palestinian authorities. Why? MSNBC, the Palestinian Health Ministry, says 200 to 300 minimum were killed in an Israeli bombing of a Gaza, Gaza hospital. Not an Israeli bombing of a Gaza hospital. In fact, it was a, it was a Islamic Jihad bombing, actually a missile, uh, in the courtyard of the hospital. Um, then you've got CNN. Palestinian Health Ministry says two to three hundred people may have been killed in an Israeli strike on hospital in Gaza. All lies. Hundreds feared dead or injured in an Israeli airstrike on hospital in Gaza, says the BBC. Um, this is a uh, Israel denies responsibility for a strike on Gaza hospital, which killed hundreds of people. BBC's John Donison said it's hard to see what else this could be. Really? given the size of the explosion, other than an Israeli airstrike or several airstrikes. Well, now we do know what it could be. Does your imagination open up now? Now that you've seen the actual weapon come down and explode at that point, can you see what it could be? Keith Olbermann, who is obviously one of the biggest idiots in the history of idiots, says after the Israeli strike on the Baptist hospital in Gaza City kills three to 500, POTUS cannot in good conscience go to Israel tomorrow. I mean, don't make me side with Joe Biden. Can you stop with this? I don't want to talk about, I don't want to say something good about Joe Biden. It's irritating to me. But Keith Olbermann's such a douche. By the way, a member in good standing of the douche Hall of Fame. It's true. People don't know that. Israel accused of blasting hospital and school in Gaza as blockade cripples healthcare system. This is Jesse Young from CNN. And then it kind of changed a little bit. Hundreds likely dead in Gaza hospital blast. Hmm. Israeli blockade cripples medical response. So you still got to say that Israeli, Israel, Israel was screwing them, but now it's no longer their attack. It's just a blast. 
Emily Miller asked Drew Holden, impressive work here documenting the bad reporting. Did any of them publish an actual correction? Drew says, still waiting for corrections. So far, just stealth edits. What a depressing state of affairs. How are you supposed to know anything that's going on? I will tell you, this is not a planned plug here for Blaze TV, but what a time to think about it. Because if you're not a subscriber to Blaze TV, I hope you'll consider it after watching all of this craziness. I just gave you a thousand headlines here from all these different media companies that sit here and tell you lies day after day after day. And important things like this, if you want the truth, if you want people who aren't afraid to say the truth, if you want people who are incentivized to tell the truth, it's kind of important. BlazeTV.com slash do. BlazeTV.com slash do. We could really use your help. Uh, because you know, we've got big stuff coming up around the corner, big investigations that are planned. We've talked to you about some of the January 6th investigations that we've already done. There's a lot more coming where that came from. So don't miss it. BlazeTV.com slash do. Um, by the way, you notice that they'll just run with this stuff. The Hamas just blurts it out and they're like, sure, we'll just report that uh, with, with, uncritically, completely uncritically. We won't say anything bad about it whatsoever. Now, Donald Trump, we won't even put a presidential candidate who is leading in many of the polls right now the guy who might be the next president of the United States, we won't interview him on our channel because he blurts so much misinformation. But Hamas? Oh, we'll take their word directly to the bank. Do you see any level of hypocrisy here? And, I, and beyond that, the corrections, the, the, the evolution of this story is almost just as frustrating. I listen to all sorts of mainstream media reporting every single day. I do it so you don't have to. And listening to them, there has been a change since those initial headlines that I just gave you. They, they're not all saying, oh, okay, this was definitely Israel. Some of them are start, still clinging to that. Uh, MSNBC was doing it. They were putting up pictures of a headline with Gaza Blast Hospital and showing different buildings that had collapsed. Totally unrelated buildings with the headline underneath, Gaza Hospital, 500 dead. Different buildings that have collapsed and different attacks. No. That's what they do. But when you look at this and you say, well, how are they evolving? This is how they're evolving. And it's disgusting. First of all, they're saying, well, look, you know, both sides are saying all sorts of stuff. And it's hard to really suss out who's right and who's wrong. It's really not. Hamas is going to be wrong almost all the time. You could just start there. Then you get videos, all this other evidence. There's a phone call. I don't have time to play it for you that at least the Israelis uh, have released. Again, you shouldn't just take what the Israelis are saying as fact either. You should try to get to the bottom of these things. But all that stuff comes together to tell you what? That is, Israel was not responsible for this. Look, there are going to be civilian casualties. You want to sit here and, and complain about civilian casualties, you're going to have plenty of chances to do it. Why pick the one attack that's blatantly false? I don't know. I guess they couldn't take responsibility for it themselves. And now we're getting to this point where they're saying, well, look, both sides are saying they didn't do it. It's hard to know. And in reality, it really doesn't make much of a difference at this point. Really? Doesn't make a difference. You've just misled 250, 300 million people into believing that Israel tried to kill a bunch of children in a hospital. What do you mean it doesn't matter? Now it doesn't matter? It mattered when the narrative fit what you wanted out of the story. And now they're like, oh, well, it's, this is basically just a tit-for-tat thing. Both sides are saying stuff we can't really tell. Hands up in the air. Who knows? Really? 
There has to be people who will actually bring you the truth. Again, that's why Blaze TV exists. BlazeTV.com slash Stu. Promo code is Stu. We, we encourage you to join or, you know, just watch it on YouTube. Listen to the podcast, whatever you want to do, but get the information. Uh, part of that subscription, by the way, is Steve Dace. He's going to join us here in just a moment. I want to tell you about the best wholesale land value in the state of Texas. This is never before offered prime Texas acreage, and it is on sale uh, this weekend, Saturday, October 21st. The new section grand opening of prime Texas properties at wholesale prices is available to you. Get brand new lake access barn dominiums ready for your finishes on six plus acres for only $119,900 or three 10 acre. This is a Lakeview estate, by the way, a Lakeview estate priced to sell in one day. For only $49.9, limited availability. Don't miss out. On Saturday, October 21st, you can own two-plus acres of direct dockable lakefront on a trophy vast lake for only $59.9. Minutes to town for shopping and dining. Properties are serviced by gated entrance, paved roads, utilities, and high-speed internet to work from home. Multi-million dollar clubhouse, equestrian center, and resort-style pool are there for exclusively for owners. Check it out now, 765-LAKE-NOW, 765-LAKE-NOW. The new section grand opening is Saturday. You can buy directly from the developer and save tons. October 21st, it's Saturday. Don't miss it. 765-LAKE-NOW, 765-525-3669 or online at txlanddeal.com. It's txlanddeal.com. I'm joined now by Steve Dace, host of the Steve Dace Show right here on Blaze TV, co-author of Rise of the Fourth Reich, confronting COVID fascism with a new Nuremberg trial. So this never happens again, which is available now wherever you get your books. I didn't know they let you out of Iowa this close to an election. I, I felt like... You know what? I set the record earlier this year for the longest subtitle in conservative <laughs> book publishing history. And, you know, working with Glenn all these years, it's a, it's a running gag. I mean, we, yeah. it is a, in every contract for every conservative publisher, it requires at least a 47-symbol <laughs> subtitle. Yeah. And I think I broke that threshold, and so I was allowed some visitation hours. Well, yes. not very nice. Yes. They, they usually give you, like, oh, it's 50,000 words or 60. Do the, the words count as the subtitle? Maybe they they, they don't, away? no. But no? the goal right. is there's a code in there <laughs> that kind of gives you an idea of how long this book is going to be. And, and it worked. Like, the book is 400-some-odd pages. There you go. Yes, yes. There you go. Yep. Um, let me start with the House stuff first. Uh, and now, look, things break every 10 seconds. So depending mm -hmm. on when you're watching this, who knows? There might be five new speakers by now. But if you were to describe this uh, whole last few weeks to an alien who drops down from outer space, uh, how would you describe it? A house divided against itself can't stand. I mean, a lot of, uh, to quote uh, a former president's uh, former pastor, uh, chickens are coming home <sighs> to, roost. to roost. Yes. Yeah. And... Uh, uh, this has been, you know, the Republican Party describes itself, Stu, as a big tent. It's really a big tarp, all right? Mm. And a, a tarp, the, the difference between a tarp and a tent is they're both temporary dwellings. But a tent has, a, has stakes that make it firmly ensconced in the ground. And so it will last longer. Um, and, it, and the center can hold. In a tarp, the center cannot hold. That's why it falls down. Mm -hmm. And a tarp, everybody knows going in, it's a temporary place to get shelter from whatever is happening on the outside. And that's kind of what the Republican Party is. If you're a non-communist, which is a lot of Americans, but if you're a non-Marxist, the Republican Party is typically where you run to, mm -hmm. to, to as a tarp to, to get insulation and, and, to, and security from the acid rain of the Democratic Party. Right. But the problem is when, that, when the clouds clear and, and you win an election and now you're in power, you have to govern. Mm 
And, and this party, in, in many cases, can't govern. It, it's not that it won't. I think people think that it won't. It can't. There are too many disparate worldviews that just simply don't agree. The corporatist wing of the Republican Party, because I don't even know what the establishment is any, anymore. Yeah. Trump was president, picked a bunch of people like McCarthy, so I don't know what the establishment is. So let's just go with the corporatist wing, okay? Mm -hmm. The corporatist wing of this party do not agree with Democrats on many things, but they don't agree with us on many things either. Yeah. And so we've got this, you've got this cabal, this menagerie, it's not even a coalition, really, of these disparate worldviews that are trying to govern. And what Jim, when Jim Jordan comes right out, and um, frankly, a sound clip that I applauded, pointing out, we're going to you know, have some means test about further funding for Ukraine. What's the, what's the mission here? What, what, how do we know we win? What does it look like? Funny, after $100 billion, we're now asking these questions a, a year and a half <laughs> yeah, in. Yeah, it's a good time to but ask. But that yeah. clip, <laughs> it's because people like us love that clip, that's exactly why 20 people went out and voted no against him mm -hmm. on Monday. And I promise your audience, there are many more Republicans that wanted to, but could not. Mm. And in fact, the number of them that came out publicly, I was stunned by. And that's why I thought to myself, there's going to be more the next day. Sure enough, on Tuesday, there were. Mm -hmm. I don't believe he'll be speaker. And I hate saying that. Yeah. And, and even I am reaching my limit of grim reaper <laughs> fetish. <laughs> even you? Wow. Even I'm like, oh, wow. maybe I need at least one person to still like me. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but, but, but the hardest thing for these people to do was to vote no the first time to expose themselves and come out publicly the first time. I was not surprised then when over when 20 of them said no the first time, then more would do it the second time. If they hold a third vote, more will do it again. And I look at my home state, there's a, there's a new congresswoman named Marionette Miller Meeks. Yeah. I've known this woman for nearly 20 years. Oh, really? And they tried to steal a seat from her. Okay, with, I, I with remember the, that. Okay. Yeah. And, and a bunch of people in my audience and a bunch of conservative media people I know were like, hey, this is in your state, why aren't you talking about it? Well, because I've known the woman for nearly 20 years. And while I wasn't in favor of what they were doing to her, I made the decision, I am going to defend Marionette Miller-Meeks as much as I know she will not defend me if she gets into Congress. So who was one of the people who came out on Tuesday mm -hmm. who was not there on Monday? What, what, did, what did Jim Jordan say and do that suddenly <laughs> was like, uh, new evidence has emerged? Right, right, right. right. No, what happened is, it's, it's, it, it, the, the, these corporatist Republicans are like Dustin Hoffman in the in with Lawrence Olivier in the Running Man with Lawrence Olivier as the dentist is it safe mm. is it safe yeah. all right and so now it's safe now they can come out and tell you what they really think and what they really think is the people the corporatist wing of the Republican Party would rather lose elections to Democrats than lose control of the party to people like what's in the audiences of yours and our show, yours and my show mm, it's amazing I, I, and I look at this and I just don't know what the path forward is it's like you've got you know how many people are pissed off because McCarthy got kicked out mm -hmm. initially you got a bunch of people who were pissed off because Khalees didn't get it. Mm -hmm. Now you've got a bunch of people who are going to be pissed off that Jordan didn't get it. Yep. And all of them are going to say, well, I will do anything, but I'm not going to give that person what he wants. Right. How and do I you think, get to I think people think it's personal, and it, and it is, but it's not Partially. about the personalities. Yeah. Mm -hmm. These are different factions. Mm -hmm. Kevin McCarthy is a longtime corporatist Republican, and he would have never been Speaker if the most anti-corporatist corporatist Republican to ever get elected to high office, Donald Trump, had not yeah, picked him. Yeah, had not picked okay? him and, and endorsed and, him over yes, and over. Yeah. Steve Scalise is just a more simple Sympathetic McCarthy. Mm -hmm. All right. I mean, he's basically a McCarthy that they tried to assassinate on a ball field in Virginia. And you think that that after an experience like that, you'd have been like, 
maybe I've underestimated our opponents. Yeah, right. No. no. <laughs> if you look at the voting record of McCarthy and Scalise, they're virtually identical. Yeah. And, you know, we stopped updating Conservative Review at the end of 2022, the Liberty Scorecard there. Hmm. But their career, both of them have career F scores on yeah. the Liberty Scorecard there. And so now, and now you bring in Jim Jordan, okay, who, is, who has like a lifetime 90-something percent Liberty Scorecard over there. He's a completely different worldview and belief system um, than what Scalise and McCarthy represent. And these factions don't want to be governed by people like that. Mm. And, 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 I don't, and I think the numbers against him, sadly, are only going to grow. Mm. Uh, let's go over to Israel. Um, uh, obviously, this has been so bizarre and so quick, right? Like the first day, everyone's like, oh gosh, this is a terrible thing Hamas did. Right. I think it was like four hours later, everyone's like, by the way, I can't believe what Israel is doing and yeah, firing pro- back. And I mean, 30 se- <laughs> it took 30 seconds for the term proportional response. Yes. Oh. And what's be- the proportional response to a bunch of rapes? Do you yeah. go over and rape I mean, a bunch of people I guess yourself, the Jews or? go over there and rape just as many Palestinian okay. women, I guess is how that works. Uh, so, I mean, this is, Israel has to do something. They can, it was a joke that they left uh, Gaza in the first place. They never should have done that. That. Now they're in a situation uh, somewhat. I'm grabbing my phone because there's something I want to read to you when you're ready. Okay, yeah. Okay. Uh, they're in that position where, you know, look, they have to do something. They have to do something strong here. They're going to get the criticism. The whole world might turn on them. Mm-hmm. What do they do? Steve Dace. Well, you know what you need to do is you need to consult the great prophet, John Fetterman. Right? <laughs> and, and, and before you laugh, okay, okay uh-huh. here, here is a statement that John Fetterman tweeted just a few minutes before you and I began this conversation. Okay. It's truly disturbing that members of Congress rush to blame Israel for the hospital tragedy in Gaza. Who would take the word of a group that just massacred innocent Israeli civilians over our key ally? I will always stand with Israel and look forward to supporting any military intelligence or humanitarian aid to get the job done. Wow, that's that is, actually good. That is the walking bears incident known as John Fetterman. <laughs> okay, sounding more sane than frankly some of the people, in, uh, some, uh, there have been an element of people in our own industry here on the right, mm-hmm. you know, who are like examining on, on in Twitter the, uh, the well, blood's not really that red. It's normally pinkish. Yeah. Okay, I mean, it I gets mean, weird. Whenever it's around Israel, man, if people get weird. It, it, they do get weird. And it's because it involves things that people get weird about and in this secular age aren't comfortable with, theology and all that kind of stuff in history and uh, truth and epistemology and etymology or even knowing what even any of those words actually mean. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think that the, the president went over there this week with the expressed intent of trying to block a land invasion. Mm-hmm. I, I think that he was, uh, he was there to try to hope that if he spent a day over there that would delay things by a couple of days. And, and Netanyahu, who has a propensity like some of the people we know here, no names mentioned, to talk a big game and then kind of not deliver the nuts mm-hmm. when it's time to show your hand, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I think that the Biden administration was hoping but that spending some time over there would be, get him a T.O., Dickie V. Mm-hmm. And they would maybe have cooler heads prevail and they wouldn't go through what needs to be done because um, what, what needs to be done is that you have to erase the worldview and the organization that manifests what we saw last week. It has to be erased from the be. planet. That's the only option. Yeah. I mean, it's and it's not, you know, like it, we're at that point now where you can't take half measures. Or was it mm-hmm. mow the lawn? They were, that was the yes. term that they used, the yeah. IDF used. And it's like that yep. can't happen anymore. No, I, I mean, Biden even went over there and said, I thought I was watching George W. Bush from 2002. 
Okay, Mm -hmm. we know that Hamas does not represent the whole of the Palestinian people, except for all the time since 2005 when they were given autonomy that they've held elections. And Hamas has won every single one. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That sounds pretty representative republic to me. Yeah, and it's not even one of those elections where they're like, well, actually, this was this election was false. No, they it was a respected election. They just picked him. And I think if they had that election today, they'd win again. I think they'd win in the West Bank, too. I agree. And if you look at what happened in our Capitol Rotunda on Tuesday. I mean, we, we essentially had a caliphate rally in the Capitol Rotunda. And I thought to myself, I, I even tweeted it. And these are questions we should ask, but probably can't answer in this day and age. So I'll just ask it and then let's not answer it. OK, well, that's, yeah, sure. it that's a good deal. Yeah, okay. How would every previous generation of Americans have responded mm. to a caliphate rally at the Capitol Rotunda? And just let that let that question just answer itself. All of this is to say we have a lot of things we're dealing with right now. Yes. A lot of big things a few we're going to be dealing with yeah. now and into the future. And we need to have a president mm-hmm. who's going to be able to handle them. I know you've, uh, you've endorsed Ron DeSantis. Mm-hmm. He, he's been great through this. I mean, like his re- response, he was there with a plane before you know anyone else. He was he's been on you know, on target with Gaza refugees. Mm-hmm. Uh, n- none of them should be coming here. Um, you know, the, the polls are the polls. Mm-hmm. You look at these much more closely in Iowa than I think anybody I know. What are the polls telling us about this right I, now? I think what, what's amazing about the week, the, the, the last week and a half, is he has been the only thing from a, from a messaging standpoint and even from a policy standpoint close to a president that the country has had amongst its national leadership. I, I can't recall a presidential candidate who wasn't already an incumbent and in office who has done more to shape policy during a crisis than what he has done this week. Mm. It's not just the messaging that he's been ahead of, like you mentioned, with uh, so-called refugees from Gaza. Apparently, for people like Nikki Haley, importing 2.3 million of these people since 9-11, which is the 37th largest state in the union, just isn't enough. Okay, But it's that he acted. You know, when I was a kid, a little kid, it took 444 days to bring 66 hostages home from the Middle East. Mm -hmm. He brought nearly 300 home in a week, including 100 children. They actually just had a second plane of of, of people that they rescued that that were sent out on Wednesday. Mm. So, I mean, it's not just that he's giving speeches and there is power in that bully pulpit, but he's actually acting. I mean, if you look at the way he's behaved during uh, hurricanes and other crises, this guy knows how to manage. This guy knows how to handle a crisis. And, and if you're, the, the hardest part about a governor, particularly going to run against Trump, the strongest part of his administration was foreign policy. Uh, and, and that's the one area where you could look at the two and say, yeah, he had all these wins in Florida, and I really respect that, and it's very impressive. But he didn't face the pressure of being commander-in-chief, and Trump has faced that. Well, this week, he has, he has walked. He didn't have to, actually. Yeah. No one was demanding he do this. Mm-hmm. He stepped in and walked into that pressure and embraced it. And I don't know whether you want to vote for him in this primary or not. Uh, I just don't know. Keep in mind, he's only 45 years old. He's not going anywhere. Yeah. This has been a very impressive display of, of, being, of, of presidential power, messaging, and and uh, and gravitas is what he's done the last week. Can you give me? We got about a minute or so left. Can you give me a minute or so on what what it looks like in Iowa? What is the ground telling you? What do you think is happening right now? Trump held an event about five minutes from my house yesterday and or the other day in Iowa. Uh, it was a speech, an actual event. Less than 100 people came. Mm. 
Um, I, I just don't see anything on the ground in the state at all, and I know the state pretty well, that indicates Trump is going to win by a gazillion points. Right. I just don't. Um, it's I think tighten. Ron DeSantis has the best organization I've ever seen anybody have this far out of a caucus, uh, almost three months out. They've got over 20,000 commitment cards of voters. I mean, on the Cruz campaign, we set the all-time record for Iowa voters in 2016. We had about 40,000. Wow. So, I mean, organizationally, I mean, he is there. Um, and I do think he, there's a key endorsement or two he'll pick up before we get closer, including the governor, potentially. Really? So I, I think people are, Iowa is going to be very, very close and razor thin, I think, when we get to, down to January 15th. Mm. All right, there we go. Steve Dace, uh, of course, you can find him right here on the Blaze TV, on the Steve Dace Show. And make sure to grab a copy of his book, which is the longest subtitle in human history. And I'm proud of it. It is. <laughs> Rise of the Fourth Reich, confronting COVID fascism with a new Nuremberg trial. So this never happens again. You can get that wherever you get your books. I'm going to be on with you tomorrow or on Friday, right? Yep, on the day screw. Yeah, 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 we're looking forward to it. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. So yeah. we'll uh, check that out as well. Steve, thanks so much for coming you on. You bet, man. Appreciate yeah. it. All right, I don't know if you've been through it before, uh, but buying or selling homes uh, isn't uh, the most fun thing you can do. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of stress. And if you don't have exceptionally good real estate agents uh, to help you along, you can really end up unhappy with the results. Um, you can take a chance on like someone you kind of know, maybe someone you saw in an ad. You're rolling the dice with that, though. Why would you do that? Uh, Glenn Beck has started a company. I mean, it was a long time ago now. It's called realestateagentsitrust.com. It just pairs you up with the best real estate agent in your town. Uh, both in the area that you may be moving from and the area you're moving to. So many people moving from, you know, blue states to red states over the past few years. You got to know what the right agent is because some of these real estate markets have exploded and prices have gone crazy. You got to know where you're going, where the best areas are. Realestateagentsitrust.com is the place to go to find the person that can guide you through the entire process. The name kind of says it all. Realestateagentsitrust.com. It's a free service to you. Realestateagentsitrust.com. And when we came out with our line of anyone but Biden 24 merchandise, which is, by the way, available at stewdoesmerch.com. Code is stew10. You can save 10%. When this came out, a lot of people said, hey, uh, well, what about Kamala Harris? And nobody likes a guy who fact checks someone's T-shirt. No one likes that person. So don't let that be you. And I, I did think of Rashida Tlaib. Let's not even think about that, okay? Anyone but Biden, 24. Look, he's the one that's running. I don't want him. Anyone but Biden, 24. Studosmerch.com. Code is Stu10. Let me tell you about Jace Daily. This is from the same company that brings you the Jace case. It's a prescription supply service that allows you to get up to 12-month backup of supply of all your favorite prescription medication. Yes, the ones you need every single day. And this is in case of an emergency. Though I keep thinking to myself, and I keep asking you know, over people over at Jace Medical, like, I'm just lazy and I don't really want to go to the pharmacy. Can you just send this to me so I don't have to keep going back? Now, that's not necessarily what this is for, but I'm going to wear them down on that point. Uh, this covers a lot of medications, uh, you know, cholesterol medication, diabetes medication, heart health, blood pressure, mental health. This is stuff that you might be taking every single day and you need to have in case things go the wrong direction. If our supply chains break down, if there's some sort of accident, some sort of terrible thing that happens, you want to be prepared with your medications that you take every day. Jace is working to expand their medical offerings. They've even added a number of uh, uh, different things, uh, add-on options for the Jace case. You'll, you'll like this. Your order is reviewed 
reviewed by a certified healthcare professional and delivered right to your door. I talked to uh, Sean Rowland recently, and if you missed that interview, go back and watch it. But he was talking about there's over 300 medications right now that are in shortage in the United States. Like now, this is without like a catastrophe or a war breaking out or God only knows. So uh, it was. Uh, make sure you go back and watch that uh, interview when you get a second. Go to JaceMedical.com. Enter the code Stu at checkout for a discount on your order. The promo code is Stu at JaceMedical.com. J-A-S-E Medical.com. The code is Stu. You know, I know a lot of people hate polling and pollsters. I like them because I think we can get some inf interesting information. We shouldn't be dedicating our lives to uh, betting everything on, on what we're seeing. But, like, you get some general information that's interesting. But sometimes polls are just a waste of time. Like, for example, this one. Americans see the lack of House Speaker as a problem. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, half of people say it's bad. And only like 10% of people say it's good that there's no Speaker of the House. And that is uh, consistent across all parties. What a shocker. You should have a Speaker of the House. Who knew? Uh, just a bizarre day yet again today. Let me try to recap this for you. The day started with Jim Jordan seeking another vote here for House and not wanting under any circumstances for them to uh, try to pass temporary powers for Patrick McHenry, the guy who's the temporary uh, Speaker of the House right now. Then there was a report out that said, actually, what Jim Jordan wants is they want them to vote on that, uh, the temporary pow uh, powers for the temporary speaker. That's exactly what he wants. And, and it, what saying he doesn't want that is completely ridiculous. Then they went to a conference which lasted hours and hours and hours and hours. In that conference, um, there was swearing that went on. Uh, Matt Gates got a, an F-bomb hurled at him at one point because he wouldn't sit down. At least these are all the reports. They went back and forth, back and forth, discussed the idea of, hey, let's pass this temporary thing for Patrick McHenry to be the speaker. And in a couple of months, we'll let it go through like January. And in January, we'll, we'll get somebody by then who can be speaker and we'll vote on it then. Um, that seemed like it was the most likely um, outcome. I still think it probably in some way is the most likely outcome. One of these temporary speakers of the house winding up getting some sort of temporary powers. Um, but they went in there, they talked about that. They couldn't get the votes for that either. They didn't want to bring that to the floor. Now, this would probably have Democratic votes approving it, and that's one of the reasons they don't want to do it. Then Jim Jordan came out and said, now I am running again. I want to vote again. It's gone back and forth 100 million times. Then some rumors started that, hey, maybe what we'll do is we'll just try to just act like Patrick McHenry is the Speaker of the House officially and just try to pass some legislation and see what happens. Well, Patrick McHenry wants nothing to do with that. He said in a closed-door uh, meeting that has been reported by multiple outlets, that he may just step down. He may resign as speaker, um, uh, the temporary version of speaker, if Republicans push him to try to move legislation on the floor without an explicit vote to expand his powers. This is according to multiple lawmakers in the room. If you guys try to do that, you'll figure out who the next person on Kevin's list is. This is another comical part of this because... After September 11th, they passed a law that said, hey, what happens if there's a terrorist attack? We need to have someone who's going to be Speaker of the House. So they allowed the Speaker of the House to write a secret list with a bunch of names on it. Who are my favorite people to uh, fill in in case I don't have this job anymore? Um, it was supposed to be for like a terrorist attack, but it's been utilized here because it had never really happened before. Well, the first name on his list was Patrick McHenry. We don't know who the other names are. We don't know who else he picked. So if McHenry steps down, someone else on that list would step up. We also don't know how many people are on the list. 
What if there's only two? What if there's three? What if there's only one and it's Patrick McHenry and there's no one else? We have no idea what would happen after that. It's a freaking crap show. Here's my solution. Get a piece of paper. Put every Republican's name on the piece of paper with a checkbox next to it. And at the top, it should just say, who would you vote for? Check for yes. Hand it out to everybody and then tally it up afterwards and see who has 217 votes. That seems to be maybe the only possible solution at this point. So let me give you uh, another update here on everything that's going on with Israel. Tonight, there's going to be this uh, public uh, speech. Joe Biden's going to cut off your TV coverage from the Oval Office. Do you have that headline? Yeah, here it is. Uh, Biden to deliver primetime foreign policy address. Um, It's going to sound a lot like this. Uh, Hamburger helper. Uh, Galoshes. I've got hamburger helper in my galoshes. And then he's gonna talk about Israel. He's gonna ask for $100 billion, apparently, in funding for all these different causes. I mean, why not? You got plenty of cash, right? Step up, give give Joey a billion or so of your own money and help out. Uh, what a world.